Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. I have spent time with people that have had absolutely amazing potential. And I'm not talking about a skill set. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about gifting, real spiritual gifting. And that's one gift that I have is the ability to be able to spot gifts and recognize gifts in other people. And as a competitive person, I've often found myself in a situation where I'm like, I really wish I had some of the gifting that this person has or that that person has, knowing that if they could just put it together, that they would be an unstoppable force for the kingdom of God. I often see people that I get to know as what I consider to be the next culture shifters within our church and also within other churches. Roger Bailey, our new employee, culture shifter. Harley Jeter, who just came up here, culture shifter. Cody Honeycutt, good friend of mine here today, culture shifter. Some people have that specific set of gifts, but for some reason, and I'm not talking about those three people, but for some reason, there is a level of fear a level of comfort, a level of doubt, or in some forms, just laziness in some cases that keep people mobilized, right? Today, we're in the second part, I think, of our Good Ground 2022 vision series, breaking ground our spiritual plan of fasting, Prayer and intentional scripture reading ends today. This is the last day, 21 days. And the work that God has done in the lives of some of you that have followed with us every day in this scripture plan, that have followed ending today with this fast that you've been on, I am so excited about tonight. Keep in mind that tonight is worship night. I can't guarantee you that we're not going to have some of the problems that we've had today. But I want to ask you, if you have anything planned tonight, cancel it and bring everyone that you are able to bring with you tonight is going to be an absolutely amazing night. So this Good Ground theme that we're using is going to carry us through all of 2022 as we lay the foundation in our church for disciple multiplication. So we're framing this through Jesus's parable of the soil or the parable of the sower. Last week we discussed seed one, which we called the cynic, but I'm now going to refer to this as soil number one. 
And I'm going to explain why instead of seed number one. I had a good conversation late in the week with someone uh, that is here today uh, that challenged my thinking on the seed and the soil. And then I agreed that it's the seed that represents actually the message or the word that is going out, and it's actually the soil that is changing, or the soil where the change actually takes place. So hopefully that's not confusing, and I don't think it will be, but I'll explain this as I go just a little bit further. So a little bit of a a review. We talked about soil one last week, and this is the cynic. We discussed this person's uh, natural inclination to often stay away from getting too close to the spiritual life. Okay, maybe there is a God, maybe there isn't a God. If there is a God, there certainly isn't just one way to God. There are probably multiple ways to God. Scripture can be a good thing, prayer can be a good thing, but they can also, including the church, can be very damaging things. All right, when we talked about the seed, we said that the seed fell along the path so that it never entered into what we called the readiness stage. We said the primary problem for soil number one is that it's not ready. So there are some cynics that are in here today. There are some people with a lot of questions today. There are some people on the outside of Christianity uh, that have a moral system, but still have a lot of questions. Can I trust this thing? Is this something that is really valuable? So there are probably a small group of, of cynics and probably more listening online, if I'm even standing in the right place right now, that are listening today. But there are more of what we're gonna call soil number two, and that is the prisoner. There are a lot of prisoners that are in here today. And I'm going to explain what this soil looks like. So if you have your Bible and you wanna turn there, we're gonna go to the Gospel of Mark. We're gonna be in Mark chapter four, and we're gonna look at verses one through 20 again. This gives us everything, and this is an incredible, incredible parable for understanding not only the kingdom of God, but the nature of our existence and the decisions that we make as we respond in one way or another to the word. So a lot of you have already convinced yourself if seed four is is the good seed, if that's good ground, that must be where I am. But I want you to listen very closely today because there are gonna be some people in here that are gonna relate to this. This is what the parable says, starting in verse one, chapter four of Mark. Jesus began to teach beside the lake again. Such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into a boat there on the lake. He sat on the boat while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. While teaching them, he said, listen to this. A farmer went out to scatter seeds. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path. This is soil number one. And the birds came up and ate it. Last week we said that soil one was not ready. Immediately the enemy comes in and takes up the seeds. Other seeds fell on rocky ground. This is soil number two, where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. This is who we're talking about today. 
When the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. This is soil number three for next week. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds and they produced nothing. And then other seed, this is February the 6th, fell on good soil or what we're calling good ground and bore fruit. Upon growing and increasing, the seed produced, in some cases, a yield of 30 to 1, in another case, a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case, a yield of 100 to 1. He said, whoever has ears that can listen should pay attention. When they were alone, the people around Jesus, along with the 12, asked him about the parables. He said to them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but those who are outside of everything, it comes into parables. This is so that they can look and see, but they don't actually have any insight, and they can hear, but not understand. Otherwise, they might turn their lives around and be forgiven. Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all of the parables? The farmer scatters the word, and this is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path. When the word is scattered and people hear it right away, Satan comes and steals the word that was planted in them. That's the cynic from last week. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell upon the rocky ground, what we're talking about today. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully, because they have, but because they have no roots, they last only for a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds scattered among thorny plants. They are the ones who have, who have heard the word, but the worries of this life and the false appeal of wealth and the desire for more things break in and choke the word and it bears no fruit. But then there is the seed scattered on good soil or what we'll call good ground. Those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruit in one case, a yield of 30 to one. In another case, 60 to one. And in another case, 100 to 1. So let's return quickly and look at the specifics of the prisoner. Soil number two that we're talking about today, this is what the passage tells us in verses 16 and 17. So this is some of you that are in here today. Other seed fell on rocky ground where the soil was shallow. The spiritual lives of some of you that are in here right now, even if you believe that you've been a Christian for many, many years, is very shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched the plants and they dried up because they had no roots. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully. It seems wonderful. My life has changed. Everything is good. But because they have no roots, they last only for a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. So let's consider some of the characteristics of the prisoner. Last week, I challenged you guys, most of you who were listening online because we didn't have in-person services because of weather, but I, I challenged you, are you the cynic? And then I gave you the psychological criteria for what the cynic looks like. So you may be saying to yourself, well, I'm not the cynic. Now, there were a few people that reached out to me and said, I'm definitely the cynic. Will you pray for me in this area? Some people literally right after the service 
ended. All right, now here's the prisoner. This is what this person looks like. The prisoner is very hot and cold and up and down emotionally. So almost everything in their spiritual life and almost everything in other areas of their lives is based on emotion. So whenever they feel good about God, when a church service is going good, when everything around them is good, when marriage is good, when relationships are good, whenever they have those positive emotions, they believe that God is good and everything is wonderful. But when things turn negative, when, ter- when things turn difficult, when things turn dark, immediately, a lot of these people disappear. For the prisoner, God is present, the church is good, and the Bible is true when emotions are positive, when things around them feel good. But God, when God is absent, or the church is evil, or the Bible is questionable, this all comes about when an emotional state is negative. You know people that constantly, not only with spirituality, but with other people, other things in their lives, they are constantly on this roller coaster of, of up and down, hot and cold. One day they're one way, God is wonderful. One day something happens that doesn't seem to their advantage, and they're in a bad mood. God's bad. I'm going to pout. I'm going to complain about it. All of these things. The prisoner will be on board and ready to go. Listen, you know people like this in church. The prisoner will be on board and ready to go and then disappear without a trace. All of a sudden, people in the church are saying, where did so-and-so go? He seemed like so on fire or so involved or so plugged into everything. It really seemed like she was growing. It really seemed like he was going to do all these amazing things. And then all of a sudden, they're nowhere to be found. They disappear without a trace. And if you want my opinion of all of these forms of soil, the one that is the most frustrating to me as a pastor is soil number two. And I'll tell you why. And even in this church, there have been people that have approached me, they've accepted Christ, they've rededicated their life, they've got baptized, they've made the decision that I'm gonna take this next step. And all of a sudden, I start to get really fired up because like I said, I can start to to see their gifting. I can start to see what God has made them for. I can see these amazing abilities that they possess that is really going to take our church to to the next place. But then all of a sudden, they're gone, and they completely disappear. And that is very, very hard for a pastor. It's very, very hard for other people in the church as well. But we see these people all the time. Things are good, they're present. And here's the thing too, you don't have to disappear to be the, to, to be the prisoner. Some of you are in here and you're here every single week You're just very, very uninvolved because you're completely locked in this internal prison, okay? The prisoner also tends to be more of a follower than a leader. You never want a prisoner to lead a ministry because it's always just this up and down all the time, no roots. So I want you to hear this part right here because this is very important. The prisoner treats the spiritual life as a stimulus instead of a staple. The prisoner, some of you in here right now, you treat the spiritual life as a stimulus instead of a staple. I'm going to say that one more time, and I hope that the Spirit of God convicts your soul. 
where you are right now. The prisoner treats the spiritual life as a stimulus instead of a staple. And this is what this means. A stimulus is something that rouses energy, like caffeine, something that some of you have not had for 21 days, and you can't wait until tomorrow. So it rouses energy, and the church can do that from time to time. An exciting worship service, people all over the altar, this new feeling of belonging to a community and to a group, all of a sudden sensing that you've experienced this life change, all these positive emotions that start to come in and feel like they're transforming where you are. On the other hand, a staple is something that is needed or constantly enjoyed. You can't go without a staple. It becomes something you hear about, a staple of your diet. It becomes something that you need all times, and it doesn't matter when things are good or when things are bad. The presence of this thing has to be there all the time. The prisoner understands stimulus, positive energy. Everything is fun. Everything is going well. But they do not understand what it means to be a staple in their lives. So what kind of stimulus does the prisoner trade the spiritual life for? So if we're talking about the prisoner being engaged in emotionally positive things, what makes them walk away? What makes them step out in different situations? It's often the new job. More than that, it's the new relationship. It's almost always the new relationship. You know people all of the time that are involved in church that are starting to grow in their relationship with Jesus, but the second they meet someone that doesn't agree with their spiritual views, the second that they meet someone that says, well, we don't necessarily have to be in church every Sunday, that's a new exciting stimulus that pulls them away. The new sin, all right, the new thing that they get involved in or the old sin, the Sunday activity that's exciting that starts to take the place of church, the new show that they're watching on Netflix over and over and over again that completely replaces discipleship and what Jesus wants to do in their life, the friend group that says churches are bad, they're corruptible, organized religion is bad. You need to pay very close attention to that. These are the stimuli that pull people away. Now, this is the great tragedy right here. This is the great tragedy that we're going to see that I want you to understand. So you take this seed that I'm holding right here that you can't even see. There is this seed. This is the message. This is the word. And this is the potential that some of you have in Jesus. And Jesus wants to do all of this work in you because you were designed with a unique purpose. You have gifting that no one else in this room has. But then this is what happens. When it lands like this, you have the enemy or you have this bad ground and it does this right here. And this is where so many of you are. You're trapped in this place and the gifting that should be used, the kingdom of God that needs to go forward, the design that you have that is different from anyone else is trapped in this place of, well, I'm just, not, I'm just not that good at anything. Well, I can't be as successful as her. Well, this is the issue that I have with him, and this is why I'm not gonna continue. 
My life is always going to be this way. It's destined to be horrible. So there's nothing that I can ever have. And people live their entire lives. This is the tragedy. They live their entire lives trapped in this place, never able to grow and flourish the way that they are supposed to grow and flourish. So the problem is the shallowness that emotions will always bring. And this is what the passage tells us. They sprout immediately because the soil isn't or wasn't deep. They sprout immediately. All the excitement, all the joy, they're ready to do everything for the church. They're ready to express and experience all of these wonderful things. But then all of a sudden, that girl comes along. All of a sudden, that new job comes along. All of a sudden, this wave of anxiety or this wave of depression, all of a sudden, this other thing that's exciting in their lives, and because it carries that emotional stimuli, the prisoner disappears. So the problem for the cynic that we talked about last week, soil number one, is that the cynic is not ready. The cynic is not ready. And some of you are in a place, you can't believe in God, you can't accept because you're just not ready. You're influenced by other things. Your friend groups, the, the, the things that tell you that God is not real, you're just not ready. The problem for the prisoner, soil number two, is that she's not rooted. There's no real spiritual rooting in this person's life. And that's why church is a super casual thing that maybe they attend every once in a while. It's why if there's another opportunity that seems like it offers something better, the prisoner then takes off and goes to that particular thing. So what does it actually mean to be rooted? What does it actually mean to be rooted in a spiritual life? Some of you may recognize, you may be able to say, I am the prisoner. I'm starting to recognize some of the things that you're talking about. I am hot and cold. I am up and down. Sometimes I believe God is good and sometimes I believe God is bad. I can't make sense out of any of this stuff. So what does it actually mean to be the opposite and to be rooted? Being rooted means that we are prepared for opposition. Being rooted means that bad things are going to happen in your life. Destructive, horrible things. The life that you knew yesterday may not be your life tomorrow. The person that you care about so much they might just leave. The stress of life, if it's bills, if it's your job, if it's your children, whatever it might look like, if you're younger and it's things that you're going through in school, those things are going to be there. The question is, where do you turn when these things happen? The person who is rooted turns to the things of God. The person in that shallow soil immediately turns to culture, immediately turns to other things. Being rooted means that everything healthy is always growing. It's always in a stage in which it's growing. Being rooted means that God is leading, not the power of emotional stimuli. God does not lead through, God does not lead through emotional impulse. He leads through promise. Every single time, being rooted means that we are building on something that cannot 
be removed. So what do healthy roots do? Now, this is a comparison of soil number two that we're talking about today, the prisoner, and what we're gonna talk about in a couple weeks was soil number four on February the 6th, okay? So what is the difference? What do healthy roots do? Number one, the roots anchor the plant in place. The roots are going to anchor the plant in place. Soil number two, the prisoner, no anchor whatsoever. You go with the wind. Something feels good, you head in that direction. If things feel boring, if things feel shallow, if things feel weird, if things feel awkward, you, you stay away from this relationship with God and you go to something else. Soil number four, fully anchored. So to give you an example, soil number two in a relationship. I think she's really hot. And, and you know what? I have a few kids, but she seems to like me. She doesn't even mind my baggage. This seems like this could be a good thing for me. This seems like this could be a good relationship. I think I'm going to pursue this. That's soil number two, emotional stimuli. Soil number four, completely rooted. Does this relationship move me forward in my relationship with God? And if not, there is no chance. I am not taking one step in that direction if he or she is not all about my Jesus. The difference in soil number two and soil number four. But also the roots, and this is beautiful, they protect the plant. The roots protect the plant. Soil number two, the prisoner, some of you in here today, no protection because you're not even on your guard. Soil number four, full protection at all times. At all times. An example, soil number two, I'm faced with a difficult situation in my life. This is really hard. It doesn't make sense. The diagnosis from this doctor is really, really scary. I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my mortgage. So what we do is we pull God toward our poor, pitiful agenda. Soil number four, things are really bad. I don't know what I'm going to do. Your will be done. Wreck me if necessary. Destroy me because I know that I have you and it's the only thing I ever need. Any sense of fullness, any sense of purpose, any sense of life has never come from anywhere but you. Otherwise, I'm just a walking corpse. It does no good to try to pull things toward me, toward where I wanna be in retirement, toward where I wanna be financially, toward this horrible relationship that's never going to last and just continue to bring damage to my life. Your will be done because I have no chance without you. I have no life without you. But also roots store the energies of the plant. The root stores the energy of the plant. Soil number two, the prisoner runs on emotion. Soil number four runs on spirit-produced energy energy, 
Rooted means intentional time with God. And I would say that 50% of this room, if not more, other than in this fast, if you finished it, you do not have the intentional time with God that you need. And I am not talking about a five-minute devotional. I'm talking about phone down everything else away when you're riding down the road, when you're at school or your job, intentional time so that that energy is produced and built within you so that you can face everything. Rooted means obedience in the storm. Things don't look good. They're scary. God, I'm turning this show off. God, I'm turning this song off. I'm going in here and I'm planting my face before you because you are the only truth that there is. Rooted means that emotions have no place. Rooted means that the rock does not move. In my darkness, in my despair, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So we have some prisoners that are in here today. And I, I, I pray to God, as I have all week, that like the cynic, you be released this year that you be released this year. Let's return again to the words of Jesus from three weeks ago when we broke ground in Luke 13. Whenever we started this whole thing that's made us kind of happy, made us kind of miserable, made us, some of you are struggling with guilt because you know that you struggled on day 13 or day 14 and you didn't make it any further. Let's move to the words of Jesus that we talked about when we broke ground. Scripture says this, a man has a fig tree planted in his vineyard. One day, he comes out looking for fruit on it, but there are no figs. Prisoners don't bear fruit. They bear uprootedness, okay? They don't bear fruit. He says to the vineyard keeper, which is Jesus, look at this tree. For three years, I've been coming by hoping to find fresh figs. But what do I find on this tree that I care so much about that I've invested in? Nothing. Just uprootedness. Just hard, rocky ground. So just go ahead and cut it down. Why waste the space with a fruitless tree. But the vineyard keeper replies, and this is Jesus, give it another chance. For those of you that are in here today, cynics, prisoners, soil number one, soil number two, Jesus says, give it another chance. This was his message regarding Israel. Mercy, grace, unending love. You're messed up. You don't know what to do. One day you feel wonderful. The next day you feel horrible. And, and you know, you guys know a little bit of my story as of just recently, I have slept very little. I have felt a lot of frustration at times, frustration with God. But I know this, 
the second that I let go, and the second that my anchor and my roots are not planted deep there, everything in my life falls apart. I am a complete mess without God. So sometimes I wake up and I feel really, really good. And there are times that I do not want to get out of bed and I want to throw my hands up. But I understand where my hope is found. So just go ahead and cut it down. Why waste the space with a fruitless tree? The vineyard keeper replies, give it another chance, sir. Give me a year. Let the master work with it. Let Jesus work with it. Let the Savior, let the Messiah work with it. I'll cultivate that soil, that bad ground. I'll use some manure and fertilize it. I'll give it good ground. If it surprises us and bears fruit next year, that'll be great. Jesus says, I'm in the miracle business. That will be great. But if not, then you can chop it down or then you can cut it down. So I'm calling all prisoners today that are bound by defeat, that are bound by emotion, that are bound by this is the end, that are bound by there is nothing good that can come from my circumstances, that are bound by whenever things feel great, I'm here. But when things are terrible, God is often the first person or the first being, I should say, that we are ready to blame and then we disappear. This is an invitation for you guys today and what I would like to share with you as, you, as we close. Please hear this. You are gifted. You are special. And I'm not talking about to me. I'm talking about to God. You are loved. And often, you are so deep into the lies of the enemy that you can see nothing around you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be freed today. By the power of the Holy Spirit, be freed today. In just a minute, we're going to open up this, this altar as the band starts to come forward. And if you need to come up here and lay everything down into the gracious hands, and please understand this has nothing to do with an emotional experience. And this has everything to do with the beauty and the love of a God that is for you still today in your mess. Maybe at the conclusion of this 21-day fast, you need to come down and speak to God about some of the things that you desire to continue after this fast, some of the things, the benefits that you see that have drawn you into a closer relationship with him. But there are others of you in here, and maybe you need to get saved today. Maybe you need to accept Jesus. 
Maybe you need to talk about a form of brokenness that is going on in your life with me. Maybe you need to get baptized and you know that that's a step that you haven't taken. And of course, I wanna make myself available for that as well. God is good. God sets the captives free. And he's gonna do that today. And he's gonna do that tonight. Spirit, we lift you up high. We thank you for the work that you do. And God, I pray in this very moment as the Spirit works through us, God, that you release us. God, if there are things that we are watching that are distracting us from you, Father, if there are things that we are doing, if there are strongholds that are in this room, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, we pray, Father, that you break those strongholds. Father, if there is resistance, if there is holding back, Father, if there is someone who has never accepted you before, Father, we will never be real. We will never move in the direction that you're calling us to move in until we are people of confession. Father, until we drop all of the hate and the anger and everything that holds us back. Holy Spirit, we need you in this moment to transform us from the, life, from the inside out. Father, we do not need a better version of us. We need you. We pray for good ground in this place. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.